Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. In last week's episode, I just casually dropped this term, microaggression, as if... Casually. Casually. Just threw it out there there like everybody understood what I was talking about. You know, William stopped me for a moment to try to explain it, and the word was microaggression. It's one of these uh, $5 words that Mm -hmm. (laughs) we like to throw out to to make ourselves sound intelligent. Yes. I wasn't doing that. It's actually an important word when we're talking about uh, ethnic issues in our our country. So Mm -hmm. we thought it was something that we needed to talk about. Yes. I used it last week as an example of something that black people may be tired of facing. Right. We were talking about black fatigue. And so we realized we hadn't discussed this concept before. And so that's what we are going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what are microaggressions, some examples, benefits, critiques, and how should we deal with it within the church? So definition, yeah. actually, this this um, term was coined in the 70s, 1970s, by a Harvard psychiatrist yes. to kind of deal with some of the stuff that um, black people were enduring in this country. And then another uh, psychologist actually made it more, uh, fleshed it out more in the 21st century. Okay. So really, simply put, microaggressions are actions or words or attitudes that are usually unintentional and they are offensive towards a marginalized group, so towards a minority group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are more subtle than the obvious forms of racism, like uh, calling somebody the N-word. Right. Or that's uh, not that's not a microaggression. <laughs> that's not that's a macro. Yes. And so different. you think micro, small, macro, big, right? right. So that's what yes. the kind of the term comes from is that it's a, a less obvious form of racism. And so, brother William, what are some examples of microaggressions? Yes, and just full disclosure here, Kenny and I had a pretty lengthy conversation after the podcast, after the last recording, so that William could better understand. <laughs> microaggressions yeah and then i was like it'd probably be helpful for our listeners so um so i don't want to act like i'm uh super super uh, in the know when it comes to these but um yeah so the first kind of example would be invoking ethnicity in compliments yes so you're you're wanting to compliment somebody and uh you know it'll be like me coming to kenny after real you know hearing him preach or hearing him uh, talk on the podcast and say, man, you are pretty smart for a black person. Yes. Right? I mean, <laughs> right. it sounds like I'm complimenting Kenny, but because I put <laughs> black person in there, it comes off as very like, right? Well, I'm shocked that a black person yes. can actually be can actually, intelligent. Yes. Like, yeah. Black people are normally right. ignorant, mm. dumb. So for you to be actually smart is... Right. surprising to me. And so you think you're giving a, a compliment, but right. you're really, right. you know, marginalizing insulting. a group of people, insulting yeah. a group of people. Right. Yeah. And if Kenny saw me on the dance floor. <laughs> yes. Because I am Popping such an locking. incredible dancer. Yes. But then Kenny came to me and said, William, you dance well. 
for a white dude, yes. for a white person, yes, that would be that would a, be a microaggression. A microaggression. Because what so, I'm saying is, you know, normally white people can't dance, right? And so for you to be, you know, dancing well mm, is yes. shocking to me, right? And so right. you're you're really, um, you know, speaking negatively about a group of, group of people while you're trying to give yeah. a compliment to one person in particular. So, so that's invoking ethnicity and compliments. What what else would be another type of an example of so, microaggression? You know, there's actions that are directed towards certain ethnicities that we that we do, and uh, and some of these are are very have been kind of done within the culture in in, in some sense. So, I know for black people, the idea that um, someone would lock their doors, right. Mm-hmm. While while I'm walking past, I think even uh, Yancey put that in his book Beyond Gr- Racial Gridlock. That, mm-hmm. You know, somebody mm-hmm. he's walking past a, somebody's car and they lock the door. Like I'm a <laughs> like criminal. Right as he goes by, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, black people are criminals, so I got to lock my door. I got to grip my purse. You know, make sure that they don't steal from me. Mm-hmm. Um, some you know something that you know black people talk about a lot. It also is you know you're you're going into a store and it seems like the workers at the store are giving you. Um, way more attention than right. they are other yeah. people in the store and mm-hmm. just feeling like okay you think i'm gonna steal whereas everybody else is okay mm-hmm. and then last week I, I gave the example of you know touching black women's hair right like yeah. you know invading their personal space <laughs> so that you can right. uh, touch their hair and so I mean, those are just some some actions towards ethnicities that are considered microaggressions. And, and the thing is, is that in those examples, there's always this, you know, level of deniability that's there. Mm. Like, well, you know, we, we were talking last week is that, well, we always lock our doors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't matter who's around. So right. uh, a black person could just happen happening yeah, to just be, be walking there. by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it appears like I'm, yeah. I'm I'm discriminating, but really I'm not. I'm just right. doing what I always do. It just so happens by coincidence that right. a black person was walking by. And so there's always that level of deniability. But sometimes, you know, well, we can't read anybody's minds or, you know, see their hearts or anything like that. And sometimes mm. those actions are actually mm. microaggressions. Right. Yeah. So we got we got words. We got actions. uh what else, brother? And we'll be to add attitudes, right? Yeah. So sometimes we have certain attitudes toward ethnic groups. Yes. Uh, so, for example, we would say, you know, Asians are very good at math. Yes. And so you'd have that, you know, kind of an attitude. Or um, anyone with an accent is an immigrant. Yeah. So you, are, you, you automatically just, think that, right? right? As soon as you as soon as you hear them talk, you're like, oh, I wonder where they're from. Yes. And and normally that's what we ask. Yes, right? it becomes a verbal, yes. you know, microaggression. And so um, we actually talked about that recently in one of our <laughs> one of our episodes. So um, so yeah, I mean, it's just one of those. It's one of those. You almost don't even think about it, um, particularly with those attitude ones. It's just kind of one of those things that are kind of just there. Yes. Um, assumptions maybe is the right term there. Um, yeah. And so. So all of those are examples. We could probably give you more. Um, I'm sure you could Google examples of microaggression. Oh, yeah, you could probably. Sure, what you would come up with there. This is um, a big field. Like, again, you know, I always go in and try to do some research on on what we're going to talk about. We don't just turn on the (laughs) 
Well, Turn on the know, microphones and just start rambling. We, we try we actually, not to do that. We try we, not to we do try that. to, you know, talk about what we're doing. And so I was like, hey, this is way more fleshed out than what right. I even yeah. even thought. There's like doctorates and all types of books written on it. So yeah, if right. you want want to know more about what microaggressions are, yes. you can spend a, quite a bit of time in yeah. uh, figuring that out. So and, yeah, and as we'll talk about in a moment, that's not necessarily wasted time. Yes. Because uh, there there needs to be some knowledge there. So so those are some examples, Kenny, but what are are there any benefits to this? I mean, are yeah. there any benefits to talking about this or thinking through these? Yeah, I think, you know, some of the benefits, one of the benefits I would say is that it it validates the the feelings and experience of minority groups, marginalized groups because we're you know, we're constantly saying that hey, you know, racism hasn't been solved in our country. Like it still is ongoing. It just looks different. Right. And, you know, because, you know, we talk about race and then people will come and say, well, we, we, you know, Civil Rights Act, you know, Voting Rights Act, all these things. We ended slavery. We did all this. Like, why why are y'all still angry? Mm-hmm. And and we're saying, yeah, I know those macroaggressions may be gone, but these mm-hmm. mac- microaggressions are still here and we're right. dealing with them all the time. Yeah. They're all they're before us every day within our culture. And so this talking about it helps us to validate those feelings. Yeah. And to say we're not we're not crazy for feeling mm-hmm. fatigue. You know, as we talked about last week. Right. Um, dealing with these things because they are they're constantly around us and and people are actually realizing mm. what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, what else? What what would be another benefit? Well, I think you know the majority culture it it helps us to avoid kind of unnecessary offense. Yes, and I, and I think too it helps us see building on what you just said. It helps us see that as much as we want to believe that that racism has been eliminated. Because of these more macro expressions, we you know we would dare not come up to a black person and call them the n word or whatever. And yeah. so, I think what happens is we just assume, therefore, I'm not a racist. Yes. Or therefore, I don't have any racist. I don't struggle with that. And yet, when you step back and realize, when you see some of these more um, microaggressions, you realize, okay, maybe there's some stuff happening there underneath the surface. I, maybe I need to dig a little deeper. Um, maybe I need to think through this a little bit more. I mean, maybe I have some, um, I mean, uh, I, I mean, racism is the word I think that's right to use there, but I know yeah. everybody, like, I just, I feel all these kind of in the majority, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist. Yeah. And yet they would use some of these, they might act, I mean, unknowingly, unnecessarily use some of these offensive type, um, microaggressions. And so I think it's I think it's just good. I think it's uh, humbling maybe for maybe I think it's the right way to right, say it. Right. Humbling for the majority of culture just to realize, man, I've I've used some of these things. I've had these kind of attitudes. I've I've thought in these certain ways and I just even I didn't even realize, you know, um what offense I was possibly what offense I was possibly causing. And so I I think it's good for us to at least have those conversations and think through these things. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, listen, listen to our uh, brothers and sisters who are uh, different ethnicity than us and just, just hear their experiences and talk with them and figure out, okay, how can I, how can I love better and, and move forward? So, so th- those are some benefits, Kenny, but what, what's, 
What's some critiques of yeah. just this whole approach? So, I mean, immediately when you hear the word microaggression, you realize that aggression, yeah. <laughs> aggressive, That's is kind of the root. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a very strong word. It has a, yeah. just like racism right. has become, That's right? right? Mm-hmm. It's just, anytime you talk about racism and say racism, we automatically think of the worst thing. And you think about when you you hear aggressive, you think about something physical, something Mm -hmm. really, really negative. And so whether you put micro in front of it or macro, whatever it is, it's still uh, just to say aggress Mm -hmm. aggression uh, makes turns people off from the term. And so. And I think that's why the majority culture is like, I don't do any. I don't have any microaggressions. Right. Because it's just like (laughs) you're accusing me of being aggressive. You know, and I don't have any. I'm not aggressive at all. And so, yeah, I think that term is is misleading it's to some unfortunate. degree. Like, yeah. Okay, we we may need to find a better way to to talk about it, but mm. yeah, um, I mean that's the term they came up with, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's probably better terminology to use than aggression, right? Just really gonna like most people, as, especially when you're talking about something that's really unintentional. A lot of times, right? Like people are well-meaning, even. Uh, in doing some of these things. And so to, to use that aggression term just makes it hard for mm-hmm. for people to uh, get on board with it. Yeah. So what, what else? What would be another critique? Well, another one is, is it subjective? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I use the term when I go, what's your experience? And, and sometimes people get really frustrated with that. Right. Like, oh, now we're just basing all this off of people's experience. Yes. And, you know, and this person had this experience and this person. What if somebody had a completely different experience? You know? And so yeah. it's like, okay, this isn't really going anywhere. Yeah, one thing know? that would offend me won't offend yeah. the next person. Right. And then it's like, okay, is it okay for me to do that? Or is it not okay for yeah. me to do that? Like, right. I know even with how you refer to black people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Like you, you may, I mean, I'm, a, I'm fine with African American black, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not okay with colored and, you know, right. <laughs> but yeah. mm-hmm. you know, just how you, it's so subjective. It, right. c- it can be so subjective. Like there are certain mm-hmm. things to where I think as a culture, we've realized that, okay, you probably shouldn't, be trying to touch black women's hair. <laughs> like right. I think they've said kind of collectively, right. let's not do this anymore. The pushback has been strong <laughs> right. enough to But then there's other things to where, again, where I wouldn't be offended, but someone else would be offended. But, right. I, I, you know, I just think it's good mm-hmm. um, to, to understand that, that right. it, it can be quite subjective. Yeah. And an- another thing would be like is that, Another critique would be it just really can shut down interaction because yeah. if if me as a minority is constantly feeling like I'm I'm experiencing some sort of racism, even the uh, micro uh, the microaggression variety, then it's going to make me angry or tired, and mm-hmm. then I'm yeah. not going to want to be around people mm-hmm. uh, of the majority culture, and then. On the other, on the flip side, if everything I say is being viewed yep. as a microaggression, yep. then I'm not gonna want to be in situations right. to where I'm just gonna avoid that altogether. I'm just gonna avoid it altogether, and right. so then we're back, you know, at square one where we're more segregated than than we are together. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think some people would say at this point and say, "Man, this just makes it hard." Yeah. 
And the and my response is yes. All right, right. I mean, welcome to human interaction. You know, like basically, it it is hard. It is difficult. You know, and and there there are some challenges here. I mean, you 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 brought out the you know um, how sometimes you would be okay with somebody referring to you as a black man or an African American or like you don't. Yeah, that so. So I've had experiences where like we've been in a cult, we've been in a situation where there are other African Americans there. Yes. And I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm I realize I'm just kind of I'm basing everything kind of off of Kenny's experience and yes. so I'm like, well these brothers don't care if I call them black. And then thinking later I'm like, well maybe I <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I shouldn't have done that because right. Kenny's not offended by it, but but these brothers may not appreciate that. And so that does make it. I mean, there are challenges yes. in that, and and, right. and you may say, "Well, black people just need to get over it," or African Americans, you know. And it's like that's not that's not that's not the way this works, either. you know. Right, and right. so, um, so yeah, I think. I mean, I do think it's one of those that we we do need to, um, do the hard work, maybe. Yes. And that that kind of leads us to, all right, Kenny, how do we respond? I mean, how do we handle this? How do we do a better job? We probably need to address majority culture and minority culture. I mean, yeah. How do we how do we move forward in that? So I would say, you know, speaking from the minority perspective is that first thing is to lead with grace. Right. Yeah. You know, and and that means that we assume the best of one another. Right. So we assume that people are operating more out of ignorance than out of malice. Like they're not they're not trying to discriminate against me. They're not mm-hmm. trying to hurt me. But they may be ignorant in in saying these things, right? And so, in assuming the best, then I can either correct lovingly. I can mm. say, "Yeah, hey, you may want to consider not saying this or not doing this um, going forward," versus right. calling somebody a straight up racist because <laughs> they've said right. something or done something unintentionally, mm. or I'm able to just overlook the offense. Right. Because this person may not ever do that again. Mm-hmm. This may be the first time they've done it, may not right. ever do it again. Right. And so assuming the best, leading with grace, means that I'm trying to um, nurture this relationship. I'm trying mm-hmm. to maintain this relationship over looking at the other person as an enemy. Right. Um, yeah. Especially in the church. Yeah, I think this is. I think that's a good example of why um, it's the gospel that that brings us together and holds us together. Right. Because because uh, doing some of this with our with our lost friends is going to be really challenging. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it's challenging enough with our with our <laughs> brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. But it's really going to be challenging when you don't have that, you know. And so uh, it makes me thankful for the gospel, you know yeah. that that. Um, when I when I do say something dumb, when I do say something offensive, that they can come to me and say, "Hey, bro, that's okay. I forgive you." You know, like right. I, I can lead with grace, and so yeah, I think that's a good that's good, e- good example yeah. of uh, uh, of that. So, brother, how would you say you know someone in the minor- majority culture should? Yeah, I mean, one of the to... obvious is, and we we mentioned it earlier. I mean, you got to seek knowledge. I mean, you've got to you've got to try to figure out. What what are these? What are some of these? What are some examples of these? Uh, are there areas that maybe I s- struggle? Are there are there assumptions or attitudes that I have that I don't even maybe even realize? You know, the the thing that you maybe you need maybe we all need to do is just this whole like well, I'm not a racist. 
I'm yes. not a racist. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, that's fine, right? Nobody wants to be labeled a racist, but we can have impartialities, or I should say partialities, that we that we don't even realize sometimes. Right. And we can have uh, incorrect attitudes about uh, a, an ethnic group that we don't even, man, we, we, we maybe we've never even thought through. And so, one, we just need to seek knowledge in general, but two, we need to do some, you know, we need to do some self-examination and really look at our own hearts. And I would say that leads to, and this is a hard one, yeah. but I mean, I, I would say part of that is welcoming correction Oh yeah, in this area. And, and, and that's going to require some humility. Uh, it's, you know, you can't, if every time somebody comes to you and is like, Hey brother, I think maybe that you, I know you didn't mean this, but if every time we're immediately defensive, Oh yeah. That's not welcoming correction, you know, and, and it's, and eventually I think that's going to lead to fatigue. I mean, eventually our brothers and sisters, uh, of a different ethnicity are going to say, he's not a safe person to talk to about these things. Right. And he doesn't really want to improve there, you know? And so, so yeah, I think, you know, I think just being, being humble about it, uh, welcoming, uh, it doesn't mean the first time you have a conversation with, uh, a uh, person from a different ethnicity that you want to, you know, start talking to them about again because that was that was <laughs> that's part we, of the fatigue. That's part of the fatigue, right? So you got to develop some deeper Give relationships. A hundred things that's that right. I should not be. I doing. need your personal list right. of microaggressions. Yes, yeah. So, but I do think when you spend time with brothers and spend spend time around them, listen more. You, you know, listen some. Then you can have those conversations. You can seek knowledge in that way, and, and obviously, right. there's other ways that you can seek knowledge. You can read books and articles and those types of things. But, but there is this, you know, really, um, and we've talked about this a lot. But, but developing deeper relationships so that these there, there are safe places. I mean, you got to have yeah. a deep relationship with somebody if you're going to be able to say, "I want you to correct me." Oh yeah, I want you to feel welcome to correct me. Oh yeah, you got to know that you're loved and that you love the other person. Yeah. before you can right. be able to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what I, else know, would you say there on kind of how do we respond? Lean into those one another passages in the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Like loving one another, forgive one another. And, you know, as Christ forgave you and, right. you know, all those different one another passages that the Bible gives us about how we relate to one another. And so because we I mean, the Bible understands <laughs> and we know just from experience that we're not perfect in this right we're not perfect in in any aspect of our relationships with one another yeah and so this is why the, the bible is very clear about you know forgiving one another and bearing mm-hmm. with one another and loving one another right and overlooking offense and all these other things mm-hmm. so that we can maintain our relationships yeah. in christ um, even when we get this wrong right yeah i mean the some of those one another commands assume that we're going to sin against each other. Absolutely. I mean, if yeah. you're, if the Bible says you have to forgive one another, the somebody assumption be- is is that somebody sinned. Right? Yes. I mean, somebody offended, somebody was mean, somebody said something short, you know, whatever. And so the Bible is saying, in when that happens, and it is going to happen. Yeah. We got to forgive. Right. You know, or Jesus, even Jesus's command with church discipline is that when your brother sins against you, if your brother sins against you, go to him and tell him his fault. Right. So, I mean, Jesus is assuming there are going to be times when our brothers are going to sin against us. Right. You know, and we go, we tell them their fault, and that's a, that's a risky, you know, I've always said the hardest part of church discipline is the first step. Oh, yeah. You know, just to actually go to somebody and say, hey, this was, you know, and um, 
And I think that's I think that's difficult for my for 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 minorities to go to somebody, especially if they're struggling with black fatigue, like we talked about last week, to actually go with somebody and have that hard, awkward, weird. Yeah. Hey, I know you know I not realize this, but when you said this, it was terribly offensive. Like, yes. So and so, it's very easy just to you know avoid all that. But if we, yeah, like you said, if we lean into those one another commands and right. are really committed to loving each other in those ways, even when we sin against each other, right? You know, I mean, that is the work of the church, right? I mean, that's that's hard. That's, yes. That's, um, we we talked about it earlier. That's part of. Uh, learning how to relate to one another, you know, and love one another, and 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 deal with um, kind of these situations. So, Amen. All right. Well, uh, interesting stuff. Hope that was helpful. At least kind of get you, you know, pass or get you started thinking through the idea of microaggression. But uh, before we go today, we want to do our crazy question. So, yes. so Kenny, what is the craziest microaggression? to your preaching. So every once in a while I get invited to preach at a majority white church. Yes. And so um <laughs> without fail before I preach there's usually an individual who who comes up and says something to the effect of like I'm really ready to hear some black yes, preaching. That's right. <laughs> something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And so what they're expecting is for me to be more lively, kind of flamboyant, <laughs> to you know, kind of mm-hmm. sing my sermon at the yes. end and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. They kind of right. have this expectation that this is what I'm going to do. That is not what I do. That is not. I actively style. fight yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if I feel myself getting excited, I'm going to pull myself back can a little he, can bit. Can you bring it back? I know. I am really trying to fight against that. And but then even afterwards somebody will say, Well, you don't preach like a black man. Yes. Yes, I will say that. <laughs> you don't preach like a black preacher. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, how, so no 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 no. Yeah, okay. How do you respond to that? I mean, that is such an odd like, thing to what say. What are you expecting? Like, why are you expecting Have you ever asked this? that? Like I did I have asked that before. Like, what were you expecting? What'd they say? Uh, well, you know, most black people, most black preachers I've heard, you know, preach <laughs> like, this okay, way. Okay, so they're honest, right? <laughs> yeah, right. this is what I was expecting. Like, this is what you, ex- you know, experience most of the time. So you expect all right. of them that way. Yes, and so, <laughs> but it always kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, you right. are about to be, especially mm. beforehand, like you about to be highly disappointed. <laughs> You, you are have not come about to, to hear the there. wrong black man preach you this have. morning. This is not. This is go. not was about to go down. This mm. is probably why I've been invited. Yes, <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> that's right. Like what you don't understand is the reason why I'm actually allowed to preach this morning is because I'm not actually I'm not that sound. right. Mm. Not saying mm. that you shouldn't. Just saying, yes. hey, I'm yes. just not that right. What about you, brother? What's the craziest microaggression to you? So preaching? yes, the very first time I preached uh, in view of a call at Trinity, right? So they're yes. deciding whether or not they want me to be their pastor, and they had like a kind of a long greeting line afterwards. And uh, a sweet, sweet lady came by and said, this was very much, she was, she was complimenting me. Yes. And she said, you remind me so much of that guy on television. (laughs) And I'm like, no, don't say it. Don't say it. (laughs) You know, what's his name? What's his name? And I'm like, please, please don't Don't remember it. it. Don't say it out loud. Because if you say it out loud, then, and she said, you know, that guy. Joel Osteen. 
that's a macro aggression. I know. How about just turned it all down? I, mean, right. I just said, Lord, this has got to be a word from you that I should not be a pastor, yes. that this is not uh, the, the direction that I'm going. So, yeah. Anyway, she was trying to compliment me, right. I think. I think she was. I yes. think she was. But anyway, so... Uh, yeah, sometimes we say things we don't mean for them to be offensive. We don't mean for people to take them in an offensive way, but they can be. And yeah. so we want to work on that. We want to uh, uh, make sure that we're fighting against those in, the, in a right and godly way. And so hopefully that's been helpful to you, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.